0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show today, please visit crazyfaceuno.com. It'll help support stories like the one you're about to hear. At the store, you can purchase items from our online store or donate. And as always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely. And boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce our guest today, a long-time friend, Gabby Watson. Welcome, Gabby.
1: Hi, how's
0: it going? I'm good. How are you today?
1: I'm good.
0: I was thinking about this as we were getting going um, before, before our phone call, and we've known each other for quite a while, actually.
1: Yeah, like almost 10 years
0: yeah like so many of my guests uh we first met at invisible children but Mm -hmm. we've been at different things since then and and participated in different work environments and experiences and whatever uh since then
1: yeah yeah and i think correct me if i'm wrong but i think that you were my roadie before i joined invisible children
0: Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, because I did uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and Florida. Yeah. yeah. What school were you at?
1: I was. I think you guys went to a church.
0: Okay, we went. Yeah, yeah we were, we were at churches, yeah, high schools, in, colleges. So.
1: In Laurel, Mississippi.
0: Laurel, was it? Uh, Susanna.
1: Yeah, Susanna Melton. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, that was Melton. like one of our first ones. Really. Yeah. Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Great. I think I don't know. They, they all kind of blend together. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. I just had Dan Krosner on the oh, podcast yeah. and, uh, you know, we did deep South together. So that, he would have been on that same tour oh, with really? you. really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's weird. Cause like I live in Florida now and I live just up the street from like a couple of our contacts and like some of our old, like, um, you know, like places where we did showings yeah. and, and, uh, presentations and whatnot. So yeah, it's just kind of weird. It's it's weird to be in that same area like yeah
1: i had no idea you lived in florida now
0: yeah well that was like full disclosure uh to everybody we we had some timing (laughs) mix-ups you were you're on central time because you live in nashville
1: yeah
0: yeah and i for some reason i just assumed nashville was on the east coast or eastern time and so i called you an hour ago and you were like (laughs) uh i thought we were on you know 10 central i was like oh <laughs> shoot sorry so yeah no it's yeah, no big building. yeah um so you okay well when you came into so it's funny because uh invisible children i was your roadie which is bizarre uh that would have been yeah. 2010 i believe
1: yeah i think
0: that's right uh fall 2010. And then you came in, did you come in just as a intern or did you come in?
1: Yeah, I came in as an intern. um, Because I think I was
0: technically like one of, it was like Susanna Hendricks, Timmy Harris and and myself mm -hmm. were like the lead movement interns. Yeah,
1: so I came in as a movement intern um, like July of
0: 2011. And then I kind of like spun off and ended up not really um, like being part of. I mean, I was, but I wasn't at the same time, like they took more on the mentorship and leadership and I took on uh, the vans and uh, my new role and the shipping and stuff. So (laughs) I kind of, I kind of ventured off from that, uh, that bit there, but originally we were like the three mentoring Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of helping lead you guys, but which is interesting. And then you went, yeah, you said you went on the road later, right?
1: Yeah, so I was a roadie for Coney 2012. Ooh, baby. Yeah.
0: Tri state. Tri state. What is Tri state? New was, York? Uh,
1: New York, New Jersey. We did Delaware, Connecticut, and then I think we did some in Pennsylvania too.
0: Okay. Yeah, we yeah. can maybe we'll get to that later. and yeah. You can talk about it as much as you want to or a little as you yeah. want. It's funny because uh, a lot of the guests I have on from Invisible Children, we really don't talk a lot about Invisible Children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and most people it just depends like there's there's some people that are just like you know i don't really need to talk about that and uh i think it's just been this process of of working through some of the i don't know i I know a lot of us that were there and i don't know if you feel the same way but it's taken some time to kind of like move past working for invisible children and i think some of that is um some of that is that for sure and i don't know it's an interesting thing I, i have some theories but keep those to myself <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's an interesting thing because like I have moved past invisible children and sometimes I think back I'm like did I actually do that like it just yeah was so right. long ago, and it's like so surreal but
0: invisible yet at the same children, time it's <laughs> like it's, it feels like just yesterday yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> but it was such like a big part of like my life and my story and it came yeah, in, like this, like really specific time in my life that mm-hmm. I really needed it and so i firmly believe that those that year i spent there and the time i spent on the road and like being surrounded by all these people like really helped shape me into who i am today so it's it's very interesting and very nostalgic to like think back on those times mm-hmm. and how much i've grown and learned and all
0: yeah. that stuff same and and i i feel the same way you know i think it was just the time of our lives you know we were young we were still
1: you know, that, we were so what, young. <laughs>
0: prefrontal cortex was still growing and learning and developing, and um, yeah, yeah. I don't know it, it, and yet it fostered this environment of growth and mm-hmm. learning and grace and understanding. And I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, I owe a lot of who I am today to Invisible Children, and so for me, mm-hmm. you know, it's taken me some time to like stop chasing that Narnia, that uh, that yeah that perfect place, um, but at the same time, like, I, I don't want to forget that, and mm-hmm. so it's just interesting to me, like, I I just, I don't know, when people are like, I don't need to talk about that, I'm like, okay, that, like, I respect that, that's totally fine, but I like, it just, I find it interesting, because I know that it shaped a lot of who they are, but I think it's just, we can, you know, we can get together and talk about that all day long, and yeah, uh, sure. uh, the pros and cons, and good things and bad things, and it's great. And and Invisible Children is still kicking and and doing well. And um, mm-hmm. one of these days, I I know I've reached out to Erin uh, uh, Miller. And oh yeah. So one of these days later on, they're going through their like yearly audit and stuff, I believe, right now. And so they're pretty busy, but she's going to come on, and hopefully we can talk a little bit more about invisible children today and yeah, awesome. get a little more information and hopefully we can get some other people on eventually as well. Yeah. So I, I know you're a little, you're a mom to a little boy. I'm
1: a mom to a two year old.
0: How's the twos? Yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's, everyone calls it the terrible twos. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I can see why. But I am a big believer in, like, reshaping how we speak to our kids and mm. to ourselves. And yeah. so, like, really trying to, like, spin that yeah. from, like, the terrible twos to the um. – I've heard some moms call it the terrific twos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because even though, like, you know, the temper tantrums come in strong and he has a lot of opinions and he's extremely independent, mm-hmm. he is, like, so smart and he is yeah. so funny and he's so loving, like – yeah. I am not a very, like, cuddly, touchy-feely person. Like, I really like my personal space. Yeah. And he has turned me into such, like, a snuggler. Like, Aww. snuggling on the couch, watching TV with him is, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I just, like, you know, when he has, like, a terrible temper tantrum or he's being, like, really defiant and it's very aggravating, I always, like, try to remind myself, like he these are signs that he's developing Mm. and like his brain is growing and he is just trying to figure things out and he just needs my guidance so
0: what a great what a great like perspective I love that it's awesome
1: yeah I've I've gotten really into like our mindsets and like speaking positively into Mm -hmm. ourselves and into our kids and into our relationships and so yeah you know I'm not perfect but (laughs) yeah I really try to like really speak to him like gently and when he's freaking out you know hey what's wrong like can you use your words and like tell right. me and
0: yeah you know, that's important it's
1: a work in progress but mm-hmm. you know we're both learning and both growing through yeah.
0: it yeah yeah that's awesome and I I mean hopefully everything will you'll just keep the same perspective and whatnot but uh yeah. I've most of the people that I know that have kids the threes were always the worst so
1: oh yeah maybe yep.
0: uh maybe that's more to come I don't
1: know I I have some friends where I'm like you know the terrible twos aren't that bad like it's actually pretty great and they're like just wait yeah oh gosh yeah okay (laughs) so preparing myself for that
0: yeah for sure well and I I don't know like I I don't have kids yet you know I know Dana and I we've we want kids and I think that's something that you know one of these days we will venture down that road but for now you know it's we're we're in a good place but I I think about that a lot. I just think about like what kind of a parent I want to be and, you know, yeah. hearing and watching, uh, friends kind of raise their children. And I think we're in a really cool spot just because we do have so many friends and people that we know that have kids already that kind of have different perspectives on those different life, you know, changes and yeah. the twos. And I love that perspective as well. And it reminds me of when I was in uh, special education and, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's the same, you know, there's, there's mood regulation, there's things that just kind of throw, throw kids off and throw some of our students off. And it's the same thing. It's like, hey, we got to find the appropriate way. Like, I understand you're upset. You're upset, mm-hmm. you know, like, it's okay to be upset. But tell me, like, what's wrong? Use your words, like, explain that and allowing them to process and, and to use yes. their brain to figure out why they're upset, what's going on and how to fix it. And
1: Yes. And that's like, we are trying to do that. Like with Hank, because like I'm an Enneagram 5, and so I'm very much like keep to myself, like Mm -hmm. don't really like sharing my feelings, like all this stuff. And then my husband is an Enneagram 4, so he's just like his feelings are very loud, and like he feels everything and he wants to talk about everything. Yeah, so we're (laughs) like, you know, we're really, I've been diving into like, you know, this is my Enneagram number. This is, like, what my personality is like. And so, like, looking back on, like, what caused me to be this way and, like, Mm. looking at, like, childhood trauma and childhood wounds and all this stuff. And so it's really, like, helped me, like, stretch and grow to the point where, like, with Hank, like, I'm having to talk about feelings with him. Sure. And it's, like, super hard for me, but I want him to know that, like, he has feelings and they're valid. Mm -hmm. And instead of just getting angry about something and yelling, like, to really, like, okay, you're feeling angry right now. Why? What made you... What made you angry? Yeah. Um, so that's one of the things that we're, like, really trying to do is just kind of talk through his feelings. And, you know, it's helping me to, like, help process my feelings and talk through my feelings. And so it's yeah, been you're... really cool for our, our whole family to experience it.
0: Yeah, you're in it together. Yeah. I uh, recently took the, I took the Enneagram mm-hmm. uh, test deal. And then I actually... Man, it's been trying to figure it out. It's been pretty fun. But uh, yeah. I, I'm sure you know, because I think it sounds like you've, you've dug into that a little bit. But um, I originally tested as a two, mm-hmm. which apparently is a common one to be like, misdiagnosed yeah. uh, with. And then I was reading uh, the book. Um, I don't know, there's a was popular the road book. Back to you? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, and okay. uh, I was, I was kind of, I mean, there's still some two that kind of pops out, you know, for sure. But um, I'm a four, for sure. and I can see
1: that.
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a lot of four. And my wife's a nine, like a hard nine. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's what I mistyped as, okay. a
0: nine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so it's been fun. Like, we both, I, I made her listen, because I was listening through the book and using mm-hmm. Audible and whatnot, and I got to nine, and I started laughing. We were in, we were in Miami, like, just, we had a free weekend uh, at a hotel down there, and... I was, like, listening through the book, sitting on the beach, and I start laughing, laughing. and I know you're not supposed to, like, tell people, like, you're this, but I was like, I know what you are, like, ha-ha, like, and she was like, yeah, yeah, whatever, and she listened to it. And, so funny. Um, it's funny because she she's really, like, now listening to, like, the nine and kind of understanding that, and she's listened to the four and listened to, you know, some of the other ones, and yeah. uh, it's, it's funny because she thinks about it now, you know, of, like, yeah. counter- counteracting like her nineness, you know, and, yeah. uh, at work and stuff, the things that kind of like she knows now she's like, Oh, this is just part of who I am. Now I got to combat that. And this is how I do that. And it's been really cool. She'll even come home and be like, it's been really awesome to think about that. Like when I get nervous about something or when I get, you know, like avoiding trying to avoid something, like, I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and facing that, which is really cool. I yeah. feel like I'm the opposite with the four. <laughs> which is classic for as well. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, like, crap, like, how do I get out of this? Like, I don't like, uh,
2: like, mm-hmm.
0: whenever I start getting emotional or getting, like, melancholy or getting, I don't know, just over the top, yeah. I'm always like, dang it. But, like, but it feels so real and so, yeah. And so hard. Yeah,
1: I, the Enneagram has been such a cool tool for us because, like, I don't know, I've always just felt like, an outcast my entire life and like trying to figure myself out. And like, there were some like characteristics about myself. that I was like, I don't like that. Like, why do I do that? Yeah. And then, um, it was maybe like five years ago. Um, it was actually when my husband and I had first started dating and he introduced me to the Enneagram. Okay. He was like, you need to take this. And so I took it and like found out I was a five and read about it. And I was like, Oh my God, Like (laughs) I don't feel like an outcast anymore. Yeah. i'm reading this i'm like that's why i do that and that's why i feel this way and so it's like helped me so much like kind of own myself and like own those personality traits and like figure out how to get healthier and i don't know it's just been really cool to like go down that road and like figure out myself
0: yeah absolutely if you're listening and you're not familiar with what we're talking about it's (laughs) i think it's e-n-n-e-a-g-r-a-m right yeah enneagram Mm -hmm. Uh, check it out and the road back to you is a excellent book to start off on and uh, just to read through those um, those different numbers and basically the the whole idea is that there are nine different like traits but um, you know he even mentions in the book which I really appreciated where it's like you've got you know there's how many billion people in the world you know like seven plus billion people in the world and he's like obviously not everybody fits into nine different categories but if you look at it is in when you go to a hardware store and you look at the paint section how there's like the red you know your red blues oranges whatever and there's just different variations and different combos and combinations of those and um, I really like that because I think it kind of allows people to Like, oh, I'm a little bit of this. I'm a little bit of that. Like, I really resonate with this. Um, This is not me or, you know, whatever it is. Um, Yeah. It's really, really cool. I'm learning more about it. And it's just been a really fun tool, like you said. Are there other, you know, as you've kind of explored that, have have you read other books or read other pieces of literature or anything you would recommend?
1: I'm trying to think. I have only read The Road Back to You, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. Like, yeah, he same. is just, the authors are brilliant. I think they also have a podcast, which is okay. really cool to listen to. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. My husband, actually, he's, like, an Enneagram expert. He has all the books. Yeah, I can't think of any right now. But I know that, like, I think Richard Rohr, who's, like, the yep. father of the Enneagram, he has a bunch of books out there um i
0: think i have that one and just haven't started it yet um yeah but
1: yeah yeah. there's a lot of really great books out there but i would definitely start with the road back to you it really helps you kind of figure out what you are and Mm because i mean they have the test you can take but sometimes the tests don't seem very accurate and so i love that in the road back to you he's like hey read these things and whichever one you relate to more that's probably what you are
0: well and with the test it's for me you're I've changed over time, you know. So it's like, is it? They say in the test, it's like, well, the one that most describes you, you know, like best describes you. But it's like I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, well, I'm trying to change that. So I don't know. Like I've I've made really good progress in not being that. But this like, so which one do I answer? You know, I don't know. It's just hard.
1: Classic, classic five. When I take the test, I'm like. I don't know. Am I that way? <laughs> I, I can't make a decision. I'm like, I mean, do other people perceive me this way? I don't know. Like, but yeah. what do, how do I perceive myself? And it's just like, Oh God, you're overthinking it. And classic um,
0: four. I'm like, I'm all of these. Like, I don't know which one.
1: Like, you're either all or none. Yeah. I'm not like any of these people.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: But yeah, anyway, I could talk about the Enneagram all
0: day. I oh, know. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on. What else are you up to these days?
1: Yeah, so um I am just so insanely busy. Yeah. <laughs> um full time well, mom. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say so you're a full time mom, which is that. yeah, which is uh busy enough just with that. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: So like I mean on top of that, like I am a photographer. And so I was yeah. doing a lot of wedding photography, um, but I actually stopped that because weddings can be intense. Yeah. Um, so now I've just kind of been, um, it's not my mainstream of income, so it's just kind of been a fun, like almost project now. Like, sure. I'll do a few like mini sessions, especially during like the fall and winter, getting ready for Christmas. Um, but I've been just taking on a lot of projects that just really excite me, trying to get back into like why I started photography and what I love about it. Um, so that's been fun. And then, um, I work part-time for Warby Parker. Oh, cool.
0: I didn't know you were working for them.
1: Yeah. It's been super cool. I started in January and so I get to work from home. And so that's awesome. So I can continue to be a stay at home mom. Um, and then actually just started working for, um, another company It's called Monate. um, work with a really incredible team of girls and, you know, hustling there. And so just got a lot going on. Yeah. (laughs) What's your,
0: (laughs) what's your position with Warby Parker?
1: Yeah. So I'm an order processing associate. So when you order your glasses and you send in like a picture of your prescription, like my position, the other people in this position, we um, transcribe prescriptions and stuff. So super easy. I'm super thankful for it. It's been awesome.
0: Cool. That's awesome. And then Monet, it's like a, is it hair yeah, products so, or is it? Yeah. It's okay. a
1: hair care and skincare company. It's all like non-toxic products. Yeah. Um, It's a network marketing company, which is something that I was like, I would never ever do something like yeah. that. But, um, you know, my team and my mentors are just absolutely incredible. But I've also like um, I've struggled with some like weird health stuff like in the past few years Sure. and it's been, I like completely got rid of everything, like all products in my house, um, and switched to all non-toxic products. Yeah. And the one thing I was never able to find was like hair care. Mm. Um, and so like, you know, you have a baby, your hair falls out. My hair was like insane. I couldn't find anything to like help it. And then a couple months ago, my friend approached me. She was like, you need to try this. And so. I tried the products and I loved them Yeah, and I was like, okay, like let's see what we can do with this. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And it's been awesome. Like it has exceeded all of my expectations um, and it's just been like, it's been a blessing and a, a real gift to be able to um, not only like, advocate for a product that I really love and that I believe in and advocate for like non-toxic living but also to be in this amazing community of women that we just like and we have a text thread and we uplift each other and encourage each other like even in simple things like I text them before you call and I was like I'm about to be on a podcast and I'm really nervous and they're like you got this you're gonna do great yeah so it's like other than just you know selling shampoo like we really have like a good girl gang and it's just been incredible.
0: That's awesome. That's important. Yeah. I mean, it's just important in life and it's something that being new to Florida is, uh, yeah. stretching me for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm doing fine and I get, this is honestly, it's like therapeutic for me to catch up and talk with people. Cause I feel connected yeah, sure. still, you know, yeah. and verse, moves in the past you feel so isolated like if i didn't have this outlet and the ability to chat with people Mm -hmm. and talk with people that i i consider friends and um you know whatever it it would be a much different uh time that i i would be having for sure but yeah and i
1: get that like i i mean i've been in nashville for almost seven years and i had like a really like tight community and then like everyone moved away and then i got pregnant and then i had hank and like becoming a mom like i feel like i was like where did my friends go yeah (laughs) it's kind of it's like an interesting time because like i still have like a bunch of close friends who like aren't married and don't have kids but like um i don't know like your lives just go in different directions Mm -hmm. and it was like hard for me to like keep things going with some friends and like relate to each other and yeah you know, it's it's taken me a couple years to realize that, like, it's okay for people to be in your life for a season. Yep. And, you know, like, even though there are people I don't talk to anymore and I don't really see anymore, like, they still have a special place in my heart. And I know if we got together, we'd pick up where we left off. But yep. I get that. Like, it. my first two years, well, maybe, like, first year and a half staying home with Hank, like, was a really lonely time. And so yeah. – I I get that. Even though I was in my city, like it was still like really hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, It's just, it's just part of life, you know, and it's something you just got to go through. I think it, it challenges and stretches and, you know, even, you know, with the, having a kid and I I, I can't relate to that, but I can relate on the other side of things where you see Mm -hmm. friends that it's like, man, it's really hard to connect with them just because they do have kids and it's hard for them to get away. And just understanding that and knowing that sometimes is, is difficult and, um, you know, and it's, it's just part of life, but, um, I think we're all in this together. We got to have each other's back. right? (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: Well, Gabby, if we are to look back on your life, we're to go back in time, um, mm-hmm. back to childhood, what would you, how would you describe your childhood?
1: Um, man, my childhood, I mean, obviously, it had like some hard times and yeah. stuff there, but I grew up on a 250 acre farm in South Mississippi. Okay. So when I think back on my childhood, I just have like fond memories of, you know, my dad and my uncle would cut like trails through the woods. And so we'd go like yeah. four wheelers and like play in the mud and swim in the lake with the cows. And yeah. I had horses and all my cousins lived close to me. So, um, you know, all of the good outweighs all yeah, the bad that sounds my so fun. like it was yeah. <laughs> it was honestly incredible like i you know sometimes like i love living in nashville but sometimes i long for mm. hank to have the same childhood that i had yeah being close to family and being close to his cousins and mm-hmm. you know having access to really just get outside and play and you know get lost in the woods and all this stuff but um you know it obviously it's not for everybody but i just it really was the best childhood.
0: I loved it. Yeah. I go back and forth sometimes about, you know, I grew up in small town, Indiana, so Mm -hmm. not the same, but you know, I, I can relate in some ways, but I, sometimes I'm like, Oh man, it's such a simpler life. And there's like to simplify life a little bit when it's such a complex world, uh, sounds really nice. But then at the same time, I'm like, I like kind of like the hustle and bustle and like I feed off other people's energy, you know, like I feel like when people are excited and, and like, ready to go and do things, like, I'm like, yeah, let's go, you know? So living in a city, I don't live, I live more in the burbs now, but, uh, like, when I lived in a city and stuff, I I love that because you could just get out and you kind of fed off the the hustle and bustle, the buzz that's going on around you. Yeah,
1: and that's kind of like, you know, I grew up in a very small town, and I, especially in high school, I was like, the weird kid, so (laughs) like a gothic phase, and like you know, wanting to be Avril Lavigne phase, and listen to like metal music, and we're all black, and you know everyone in my town was like, you know preppy, or into sports, or they did all like the horse shows, and like the cow shows, so it was like, I was very much a fish out of water, and hated it, like hated living in a small town, and just all I ever wanted was to get out, and Mm -hmm. You know, when I graduated college, I immediately moved to Nashville, and I've been here ever since. But when I look back, I'm like, yeah, I would love for Hank to have the same childhood and, like, simpler times and, like, have land and, like, have animals and be close to family. But then I – my husband and I have talked about it because we've considered moving back to Mississippi. But every time we talk about it, it's like, I don't want Hank to, like, be like me in high school and look (laughs) at us and be like, why did you leave Nashville?
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So –
1: you know, and we have tried to move back to Mississippi a few times, and right before we got married, we actually did, and it was awful, and we moved right back to Nashville four months later.
0: Dude, that's um,
1: But yeah, every time after that that we've attempted to move back to Mississippi, it's just never worked out, and so we're yeah. like, you know what?
0: Just meant to it's be. It's not our
1: time. Yeah. yeah. if we are supposed to move somewhere, it'll happen, and so we're just you know, trying to stay present and love yeah. our lives in Nashville, and- you know, the older Hank has gotten, it's been a lot more fun and sure. we love to get out and do fun stuff together and Nashville's a great city.
0: What a good perspective. You, you two, it just sounds like you guys are, I don't know, just taking things as it comes, you know, and not trying to like push an agenda, but like just be present. I like that. And yeah. I think it's important right. and not just be stuck in your ways and stuck in the what, whatever. It's like, nope, this is where, you know, clearly that didn't work out and here we are. So yeah. To yeah. something else i like that it's
1: been it's been a work in progress it really has been yeah oh um, i've been one that's like i love to be in control mm-hmm. and so like when i feel completely out of control like in life i kind of freak out and i'm mm-hmm. like oh i gotta get control of something yeah um but i'm kind of <laughs> learning that you know that's not possible yeah <laughs> like you can't control what's happening around you you can just kind of react and decide how you're gonna react and yeah. so just we just kind of take things as they come and make changes when we need to and it's kind of hard sometimes but it's working for us so
0: yeah well good for you that's awesome yeah so you grew up in small town farm uh mississippi you kind of touched on it a little bit but what were some of your interests as a child
1: man um i loved horses so sure i had some horses i did some horse shows when i was little nice um That was my thing. Like, that's all I ever wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to be a horse trainer when I grow up. Um, Yeah, and I, when my mom talks about me when I was little, she was like, you were fearless. (laughs) Like, you would you would get on anything and you would ride it and you were great. And so, um, that was like one of my biggest interests. But um, I was a cheerleader and I did dance, and so that was fun. But I think one of my favorite things. um, I am one of 10 grandchildren on my mom's side um and we're all super close in age um and my nana had this like old vhs like video camera Mm -hmm. and my cousin steven who's the oldest he would always take it and we would make movies together so in the summers we all like We would just stay at Nana and Papa's house, and we would make movies, and we still have some of those on tape, and we watch them, and we're like, oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's so fun to have, though. It's such good memories.
1: Yeah, so um, that was, like, one of our big things, especially in the summer. Like, that's, like, something that really stands out to me, that we just made movies all the time. It was so much fun.
0: It's funny that you say that, because I remember when I was little, I had um, the Home Alone. You remember Home Alone? And the little oh, recorder yeah. thing where it, like, popped out. Oh, yeah. I had my own one of those. <laughs> and now I'm doing podcasts, which is kind of funny. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's like, I thought. I, I just thought of that whenever you, you mentioned that. But
1: Yeah, I think I have one of those, too. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're so fun. They're so fun. I wish I still had mine. You could, like, change the voice, you know, speed it uh-huh. up, slow it down, just like in Home Alone. I love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of touched on it. You, you mentioned it, that you wanted to be a horse trainer. Uh, one of the questions I like to ask is what did you want to be when you grew up? Did that always stick around or did you grow out of that and grow and like think about yeah, something so, else? So
1: <laughs> I wanted to work with horses. Like that was just what I wanted to do. And so, um, in high school, when I started thinking more about it, I'd kind of gotten out of horses a little bit just cause I was a teenager and yeah you know, you just kind of lose interest in those things, but I still loved animals. And I loved, even though I wanted to get out of our small town, I loved like living on a farm and like having access to that. And so sure. I, in high school, I wanted to be a vet. Um, okay. and so funny story. We, I mean, we had cows, we had horses, you know, dogs, cats, everything, um, And so we're really close with our local vet. She would come to our house all the time. Like my parents were friends with her. And so when I told her when I was like 15, I was like, you know, I think I want to be a vet. She's like, okay, next summer, why don't you come like job shadow me? And I'll just, you know, you can learn some stuff and work for me.
2: That's so cool. Well,
1: yeah, well, we, (laughs) we went one day just like, I don't know, I don't even remember, but we were there and a dog had been run over and got rushed there for emergency surgery. And she was like, do you want to come watch? (laughs) <laughs> and so I walked in and I started watching. And as soon as I saw blood, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah,
2: I'm out. out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm still like, even, you know, a few years ago when my dog got really sick and we were going to the vet a lot. I was like, I would still love to do this, but I yeah. just can't get past the blood. Mm. Like when I think back on like what's the one thing I've always wanted to do, it's been that, that. I just I have a weak stomach. I can't do the blood. So um, <laughs> after that, I was like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I always wish like, why can't I just be like everybody else and want to go to nursing school or be a teacher? Or
0: right. Right. Something
1: like that. So, um, you know, I still don't really know what I'm doing with my life, but I'm having fun you. and I'm learning. So
0: <laughs> I feel you. Yep. No, I hear you. Uh, so looking into like your middle school, high school days, what kind of student were you?
1: Oh man. Um, I was a good student, you know, like all A's, all A's and B's. Um, in middle school, I would like consider myself pretty popular because I was the cheerleader. I like, you know, end of the year, like in eighth grade, they did like the, like, most popular cutest best yeah. dress like all those like awards and so I like won some of those just a um, southern bell yeah just a southern Belle. I did pageants too so <laughs> oh. you know there you go um but in high school is where I started like you know having like different interests like like I said I wanted to be Avril Lavigne and then I like went through like a gothic and like punk rock stage and yeah. listened to all the weird music and had weird friends and went to all these shows and stuff. And so um, I kind of like, I was still a cheerleader though, surprisingly. Um, but I kind of like lost my popularity status. Um, sure. And I was like totally fine with it because I was like, you know, I'm being myself. Um, but like, I don't know. High school is kind of a blur for me. I hated it mm. so much. Um, I got bullied really bad. I switched schools multiple times. Um,
2: yeah.
1: And so it's kind of like, crazy to look back on but yeah
0: you
1: know middle school was
0: that blur for me it was kind of yeah. you know similar I didn't switch schools but I came into middle school the new kid and I don't know I, I got bullied there and it's just this big mm-hmm. blur and same yeah. I, I don't really it's this like dark spot that I don't really talk about yeah. I, I've I realized yeah. that if and when I ever go to therapy that's probably a, a great starting point uh, yes. <laughs> of talking about because it's something I just don't really talk about and I don't really know how to talk about it and um, everyone but
1: I, should go to therapy mm. it like I I started going with my husband and I started dating and it just like changed my life yeah like it's incredible because like things like that where you're like I don't really know how to talk about it yeah it really like you know triggered some things in me that like I forgot and like helped me like you know air things out and yeah, yeah highly recommend. Yeah, um, I, w-
0: I want to one of these days for sure. I just yeah, haven't great. done it. So.
1: But yeah, high school was when I look back I'm like what even happened? <laughs> what was that? Um you know, and my dad was or is, he's a politician and so he's the judge in our county. And oh, so, cool. you know, me wearing and small town. Yep. He's a politician.
0: Everybody knows everything, everybody's business, everybody's got an opinion about everything and everybody's business.
1: (laughs) And I like, you know, he had this 15 year old daughter who wore all black and painted my nails black and was just a total weirdo. And (laughs) he like, he caught a lot of flack from that. And so like, I remember one election, he like, someone was spreading rumors that I like was on drugs and like practiced witchcraft. (laughs) Oh, which was not true. And it was like, you know, looking back now, I'm like, how, like, I don't understand how people could be so cruel and talk about like a 15 year old girl like that just to like win one over on her dad. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so there was like a lot of like stress and tension around that. Like, I remember one time, um, he like threw away all my black clothes and, you know, at the time it like made me really mad. But now mm. like looking back, I'm like, you know, like, there could have been a better way to handle that, but he was just trying to protect me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, high school was not a fun time.
0: What but. What do you think spurred the, the like, that change? Or was it just kind of exploring your own life? Or was there anything that kind of, like...
1: <sighs> um, I honestly don't know. I have always, like, I think back and I'm like, what? Like, when did I exactly, like, find like want something different and want to be different yeah. from everybody else um i think it was also in the age of like the internet and like mm-hmm. you know zango was really big and my space was starting to become big and you know i had access to things outside of small town mississippi um and kind of seeing like people who were different than me and edgier than me and i was like i can be that like i want to yeah. be that um it's just that, that age. Helps. I mean, I
0: think everybody kind of goes through yeah. a stage of life that's kind of like that, where you're kind of like trying to figure life out and figure, figure things out. But
1: Yeah. So um, I really think that a lot of like the internet kind yeah. of sparked me to do that. Because I was like, oh, like I don't have to fit into this box. Mm. I can like be something different. And so I kind of explored all of that. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a friend the other day and we're listening to like, Jimmy Eat World or something I was like you know what (laughs) I will always and forever be like an emo kid like this music (laughs) like you know this kind of music is what like helped me through so much in like high school and college and it still like brings so many like nostalgic feelings I'm like it'll always be my favorite
0: (laughs) that's awesome that's awesome I don't I never really got into that I don't it was never really my jam I I don't know I uh i was all over the place i feel like with my music interests and that kind of thing but i was just trying to fit in i think most of the time you know i was just chasing the the popular thing to you know if it was whatever the popular song was or popular music or whatever it was like i I think that's like one of my big things that came from my middle school years was this drive to fit in and Mm -hmm. to find acceptance and it spilled over into my In my life, I think it kind of runs in the family a little bit of this like people pleasing, you know, idea. Um, But then you it just manifests even and and kind of intensifies whenever you're going through a feeling like the outsider, bullied, you know, not really fit in, not really accepted. And then, um, yeah, it's just it's weird. It's I can relate to that a lot because
1: when I was in, I think, like I said, I switched schools a lot. I think I was in like ninth grade or maybe 10th grade. And I, um, for some reason I was like, I want to go to private school. And so my parents were like, okay. And they pulled me out of public school, put me in private school. And it was very small. There were like 20 people in my class.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and everyone was kind of the same. Like everyone was either like farmer or like a jock or like really preppy. And I, I mean, I already have like really dark hair, but I like dyed my hair black and like, was still kind of weird and I got picked on really bad and so I decided I was like okay I'm done with this and like went out and like bought all new clothes like Mm -hmm. was like like changed my style was like super preppy and trying to fit in and you know it just didn't serve me very well
0: yeah (laughs) I think I've said this before on the podcast but one of the moments for me was I think it was like seventh grade and I wore a turtleneck to school Mm -hmm. and uh I didn't do that ever again I don't know (laughs) if I've worn a turtleneck since, to be completely honest. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was just, that was like, I grew, I I went to the school, the same school from like first grade through sixth grade, you know, so like everybody knew me, you know, you just fit, everybody knew everybody, you know, and you just like, you were accepted. You didn't know any different, especially in elementary school. You're like, oh, this is just life, you know? And then I went to somewhere new, it was just kind of clicky and small town and whatever. And boy, that did that wasn't the what you wore and I quickly figured that out
2: yeah
0: (laughs) it was funny but that's one that sticks out to me which is funny I like remember I remember like where I was like in the school when I was just like nope not doing that anymore
1: (laughs) yeah Yeah, I remember where I was when like I was like that's the last straw I gotta do something about this we're at a football game and like some of the senior girls were like standing behind me and I was a cheerleader again, they're standing behind me and they're talking about my hair and like how Gothic I was and how weird I was. And I was like, okay, I yeah. can change. I guess yeah. I'll like conform." Um, but yeah, that was like the beginning, I feel like that was kind of the beginning. Like when I switched schools there, that's kind of where I started losing like who I was and like mm. still trying to figure it out. And like, why am I not being accepted? Like, yeah. why don't I really have any friends? Um, yeah. And kind of this back and forth. And that's when I went to public school, private school, back to public school. Then I homeschooled. Then I went back to private school. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. Like Lots of changes. Back and forth. Yeah. yeah. And it was, I, I asked my mom about it. I'm like, why did you let me do that? And she was like, I, she was like, I couldn't figure you out. Mm. Like I wanted you to be happy and you didn't seem happy anywhere. So I was just willing to do whatever it took to like, try to make you happy like yeah as far as school went I mean she says now she's like now probably would have done things different but at the time she was like you're my first kid like you're the guinea pig I was trying to figure
2: out
1: how to raise my child and it was just kind of a hard time and I was also a very difficult teenager so Mm. yeah
0: do do you feel I know you mentioned like you kind of lost who you were like couldn't you know figure that out do you feel like you figure that out now is that something you like yeah. continually explore. Like I say this, I'm, I'm asking curiosity, like because of my own self, you know, like I mentioned some of those things are changing and kind of always adapting to other people. And I don't like, I feel like i I'm still trying to figure out exactly who I am and, and authenticity and being genuine is something that I really strive to be my four. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's just hard sometimes because I have that urge to like please people and fit in and to do the right, like do, but then at the same time, I'm like that rebel without a cause sometimes where I'm like, Nope, you told me to do that. I'm going to do the opposite, you know? So it's like weird. I don't know. It's like, I'm constantly fighting this battle and I'm just curious if you ever, if you felt like you found that. So
1: I feel like, I mean, obviously like as we grow and like, get older like we change and i feel like throughout my life there are like little pockets of my life where i feel like i had it figured out and then i feel like every time you figure something out it's like something changes you're like
2: Like, gotta
1: do it all over again so i have like pockets of my life where it's like yeah i kind of had it together then and then and then um but honestly like i feel like now present day i feel like i'm more myself and more genuine and authentic um and happier than I think I've ever been in my entire life.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. It's been, it's been a journey. Um. So, I mean, I've always like kind of struggled with some depression and anxiety, which, mm-hmm. you know, looking back now, like I can see all those like times in my teenage years that like I would lay in bed crying all day. And my mom's like, why don't you get up and go to school? And now like looking back, I'm like, I can pinpoint it and be like, oh, I was just severely depressed.
0: Uh, yeah. Right? Um, I, I know. Yeah, and I it's might be like, with you. Those things. And I've
1: asked my mom, I'm like, why didn't you do anything? She's like, because no one talked about it. She's like, I didn't know what that was. Um, so when well, I was a classic actually,
0: like, guy, like, I didn't tell anybody. So, like, I'd yeah. come home, like, middle school, I'd be, I'd beat my mom home, you know, or um, she'd have something going on or she wasn't there or whatever. I'd cry in my bedroom, you know, like.
1: Yeah, same. And, it, like, and I'm not much of, like, an emotional person. Like, um, talk about, like, childhood wounds. But my mom – she like growing up I never cried like when Mm. my dog died I didn't cry when my horse died I didn't cry like I was just very like stoic all the time and my mom like she's a very emotional person. And so like when our horse died, she's sobbing. She's like, why aren't you crying? She's like, are you heartless? So it was kind of this, like <laughs> running joke when I was growing up that like I was heartless cause I never cried. And now looking back, I'm like, that actually kind of hurt me a little bit. Yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm not heartless. And now, especially like figuring out my personality type. I'm like, I'm just, I'm a slow processor. Mm. Like it, it can take me like days to process something to like feel the emotion behind it. And so, you know, there are times in high school where, like something would happen at school, or like someone would be mean to me, or like something from years ago would like come back, but I would never talk about it until it like all built up and it like reached this point where I just couldn't hold it anymore, yeah. and I would lose my mind over something simple like yeah. not being able to find my shoes. Yeah. And so, like looking back now, I'm like, oh, I can pinpoint that, and I can tell you exactly what that was. Sure. Um, but after I had Hank, I, I, I mean postpartum depression and anxiety is becoming like people are talking about it more, which I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for. And I always wondered, I'm like, since I already struggle with anxiety and depression I can like pinpoint it and know when it's like affecting me. Yeah. I wonder how I'm going to handle like postpartum. Yeah. Like, am I going to have depression? Like what's this going to be like? Um, so like the first week after Hank was born, I mean, they call it the baby blues and it was awful. Like, I just cried. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I can't, like, control my emotions. Um, But then, like, slowly over the past two years, like, now that I'm out of it, like, I realize, like, how badly I suffered from it. Sure. Um, And it just, you know, I was so lonely. I was so insecure. Like, even some of my best friends um, who live in Nashville, like, I, like, thought they hated me. Like, wouldn't reach out to them, but I would see them on Instagram, like hanging out with people. I'm like, well, why, yeah. why don't they ever ask me to hang out?
0: <laughs> Classic. right? And,
1: yeah. And so now I think back, I'm like, Oh, probably cause I never asked them to hang out. Right. Like, <laughs>
0: yep. um,
1: so it was just like this really, really lonely time. And I was very depressed, um, struggled with like some really dark thoughts and yeah. all this stuff. And so this past, what, like in August, um, So I like breastfed Hank and in August, I was like, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. And once I stopped that and like two weeks later, I like woke up one morning. I was like, I actually like, I feel so much lighter and I feel happy. Like I feel like myself. And so like, like I said, now that I'm out of it, I can look back and like, I had awful postpartum depression. I just didn't know how to like pinpoint it. Sure. And, like, my husband knew. Like, I was very open with him. Like, I would just tell him, like, I'm really depressed today. And so, like, he was the one person that I was, like, super open with about it. Um, But it was just this weird thing. Like, I couldn't – like, I didn't know what to do about it. Like, you don't know who to turn to, like, or how to talk about it because people don't. Um, It's hard to express a
0: feeling that you don't don't have words for, you know? And,
1: you know, and I think the only, like, blessing – out of my entire life is like knowing that I struggled with it already. Like I knew when I had it and I knew that it would pass. Yeah. So I never like, I don't know. Like I never just sat there like, I don't know what's happening. Like I knew what was happening and I knew that it would be over eventually. Cause I would have like low moments and then like really high moments. Um, so I think that like helped me in like kind of coping cause that, that's what i would do. I'll just cope, like do what I could to like try to make it better. Um, but, you know, now, like, that wasn't the smartest thing. I probably should have been in therapy and I probably should have, like, sought out medication or something to kind of help me mm-hmm. level out my mood. But, you know, back to your question about, like, you know, fit like, finding myself, like, I feel like the past, like, month, month and a half, like, has been the, like, most, like, profound couple months in my entire life where I'm, like, truly finding my identity and finding, like, what I stand for and like who I am and like what mm. I want to do and like my dreams and aspirations. And so it's been like a really cool, interesting past few months. And, you know, I saw, I have like a few new friends from doing the Monate business and this girl who doesn't even know me that well, we've hung out a couple of times, but she met me for coffee one time that she saw me at an event. And then she saw me like a few weeks later and she looked at me and she was like, you're different. She mm. was like, I can just like feel the confidence like coming off of you. And I was like, yeah, that's like, and awesome. you're like, you're, you're now like part of my story that like helped me like step up to this. Cause I feel like I've just been like making these excuses for my life and like just mm-hmm. kind of wallowing and like, I want more out of life. Like, what am I doing?
2: Yeah. And
1: she's one of the people who like looked at me. She was like, you're capable of so much. Like you have the potential to do so many amazing things. You just have to decide to do it and step into it. And so yeah. that's kind of like. The moment that things started changing for me and like I said like I finally feel like I'm like stepping into my potential and stepping into who I'm supposed to be good for you yeah
0: Gabby that's so cool that's so awesome and I can tell you I mean it, it sounds like you've even made strides since the last time I saw you but you know I was oh thinking about whenever because we we worked the event if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you've you've heard people from uh the um, international justice mission. Uh, event that I worked. Um, Thomas Moore. Um, who else? I had somebody else on.
1: Lauren, did you have Lauren?
0: Yeah, on? Lauren. Um, I've had a couple other people too, but or at least one other one. I can't think of who it was now. But anyway, um, yeah. So we, you worked there. You were working that event as well, and. I was just thinking back to the first time I met you, you know, as, as an intern at invisible children. And I feel like, yeah. And (laughs) so insecure, um, you know, just kind of finding your way. I I feel like that best describes you, but I don't know. I was just impressed. I I was impressed to see how much growth you had had, like had taken place since, you know, invisible children. And then to that event and it's cool to see like, continually growing and, and developing and, and whatnot. And I, I've, you know, man, I feel the same way. Like I, <laughs> we are both just little babies back at invisible children <laughs> and maybe different places in life, but man, I've matured and grown up so much and from high school to college to invisible children to today. And, you know, still a work in progress, you know, got a lot of, got a lot of weight, long way to go. Um, always trying to figure things out and always trying to be the best version of myself. But, um, you know, I I think that's just part of life. And it, yeah, it is. I think some of it's maturity, you know, just kind of life experience and and knowing and understanding, but some of it's hard work, you know, that we've put in together, put in individually is just to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And, you know, that's ultimately, I think what everybody wants. And it's interesting to hear because you and I aren't alone, you know, like so many people go through the same things and, it's what i love about this podcast in so many ways is just being able to to share and to see like oh other people go through stuff too and yeah. other people are you know struggling and and continually trying to grow and to do that as well and i'm not alone and um i don't know i think it's important to see and, and to see examples if we don't know that it's possible what's possible it's hard mm-hmm. to know like where we're going you know and, and what to shoot exactly. for and aim for
1: Yeah, that, uh, that IJM event that was so much fun, but you know, that kind of goes back to my story about dealing with postpartum depression. Like that summer I was just so like, it was so dark and that was actually one of the times I was like, I think we need to move back to Mississippi. Mm. Like I need a break. Cause I mean my dad and stepmom live in Nashville, but I mean, they're so busy. They have their own businesses and you know, I was so isolated. It was like hard for me to reach out to people. And so Mm -hmm. I told my husband, I was like, I think we need to move back to Mississippi. Like I need a break. Like I've been home full time for almost a year. And like, it's so like, you know, staying home now is so great. I love it so much. But like back then it was like, you know, I have a, an infant and like, you know, when was the last time I showered? Like, wow, I'm still wearing the same <laughs> leggings that I was wearing three days ago. Like it just became like, yeah. And I like feel kind of embarrassed saying that now, but it became this point where I was like, I didn't know how to take care of myself anymore. No,
0: um, I don't think you should be embarrassed about that. I, I like.
1: <laughs> um, but it, I mean, you know, it's real life and like so many moms go through it. Like so many people go through it. So that's one of the things like I try to be like just super authentic with like my story and what I've been through. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, that summer was just so hard. And I was like, I need help. I think we need to move back. Couldn't find jobs. Like we're looking at houses like nothing was working out. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like,
2: yeah, because
1: we were also like kind of struggling a little bit financially. And I was like, I can't afford to go back to work in Nashville because daycare is so expensive. Um, But I was like. Our only option is to move back, have my mom watch Hank, and I can go back to work, and we can kind of get out of this, like, financial hole that we're in. Um, None of that worked out. Applied for jobs that we were, like, well overqualified for, couldn't get anything, and I was like, what? Like, clearly there's something else in the works here, but I don't know what it is. And Like, I just, I don't know what to do. And then Susanna called me. Mm. And she was like, Hey, like I saw that you were looking for like some work from home stuff. Like, do you have the capacity to help with this? She was like, these are the things that I'm needing help with. And in my head I was like, no. But then in my heart I was like, I need this. And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And so she's like, okay, let me like look some things over and like I'll get back to you. And then she called me one day. She's like, okay, this is what I need help with. This is how many hours I need. This is how much we can pay you. Can you do it? And I was so insecure and like even though the job that she was asking for was work that I had done before. Yeah. Like Suzanne and I've worked many events before. So like I knew how to work with her and I knew what to do. But my insecurity and like my like mom brain of like I
2: just it. I staying I home this. with a
1: baby for a year, it yeah. was like that's I was like, this is all I know how to do is like change diapers and you know, get him to sleep and play with him. Um, but in my heart, I was like, I know I need to do this. Like, yeah. I'm very scared to step into it and like to step into something that feels so different right now, but I know I need to do it. And so I was just like, without even thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. And then I hung up the phone and I talked to my husband. I was like, I don't know what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> and he just laughed. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And he said, listen, Susanna wouldn't have called you if she didn't believe in you. That's right. I was like, she knows your potential and she knows like what you can do and that you're really good at what you do. And so she would not have asked you if she didn't believe in you. I was like, okay. So literally the entire like time I'm working towards this event. So I started in like, like end of July the entire time, like every time I got insecure, I was like, Susanna would not have asked me to do this if she didn't believe in me. And so that's like what got me through to the event. And You know, that event just totally gave me life, like, gave me, like, new perspective and, like, new meaning, and it was, like, it kind of, like, gave me the energy boost I needed to get through, like, the next few months to, like, where I am now.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because you, I feel like you had the dark moment before going to the event, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I was just, like, a robot before I went into the event, and it was just this, like going through life and going through the motions. And then the event was more for me. It was like open my eyes to what I'm capable of, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the joys and like, man, I love it. Like, I love events. I love that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's my jam and my brain operates in different wavelengths. Sometimes when I get into those, like, I'm like, let's go, you know, um, (laughs) maybe sometimes too much, but, um, But then I came back and it was like the it was an eye opening experience for me at the event and then coming back I it was like the the veil was pulled off my eyes, you know, and I was like, Oh, what am I doing? You know? And not in like a bad way. Like I I liked what I was doing, but I didn't have any I don't know, I was just kind of going through the motions and um
1: you knew that you
0: wanted more. I knew that I wanted more. And I and I, I went too to hard for it when I came back, to be completely yeah. honest. And I don't know. I, I was in a really bad spot. That was the worst. Yeah. That was the worst for me. Um, anxiety attacks and mm. just, like, not knowing where I was going in life. And, man. Um, yeah, I think there's just a bunch of different things. I started, you know, just trying to make better decisions like health wise. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I made some big changes and eventually kind of pulled myself out of that. But over the the next several months, but I I just, there were so many days that I was sitting there, my wife would come home and I'd just be like, I don't know what's wrong. I can't, I have no idea what's wrong, but something's not right. And I can't tell you what's wrong. I can't, I can't, I don't have no idea and but something's not right and i don't know i, I i'm post that now but you know yeah. it's still trying to figure that out and crazy face Uno you know, has been part of this you know it's been this like mm-hmm. you know what i'm gonna go for it and i'm not gonna lie there's some days that are better than others um yeah you know there's just i'm I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. You know, I'm trying and,
2: and (laughs) yeah,
0: no. Right. Yeah. It's like just faking it till I make it and I'm having fun and and doing this podcast and trying to put together a business plan for, for future things. And, um, but goodness, like life's crazy. And and I think it's just the continually going back to the drawing board, but never giving up on yourself, you know, and checking in, going like, okay, are we good? Where are we at? Like being realistic, but also like pushing yourself a little bit and understanding that you've got more to give. And I don't yeah, know.
1: That's one of the things that I'm like, I've been learning the past few months, especially since like joining this new business and um, like being like extremely scared of it and extremely scared to jump in. Um, and my mentor, she is always like, you want change, right? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, nothing's going to change if you're just sitting there. Yeah, she's like you have to be active to make change, and exactly. she's like, and things are going to seem really hard and scary, but they're only hard and scary if you say that. So, like every time I say something like I'm not good at this, she's like, Well, yeah, you're not if you say that. <laughs> and so, like the past few months have just been like a total mindset shift for me, yeah. to where it's like, like when you asked me to do this podcast, I was like, Oh God, no,
0: <laughs> yeah. I like
1: I can't do that. That's so scary. Um, and then I just started thinking about it, and I like talked to my friend about it. And she was like, Do it. I was like, I'm scared of it. She was like, so? She was like, you can do hard and scary things. I was like, you're right. So it's just been like, I don't know. And same for you. Like you can do hard and scary things. Yeah. You're never going to like, you're never going to see like what you can do if we don't like do the hard work to get there. It's um, true. It's so true. But I think like, you know, it's so important that, you know, you started this podcast and you are sharing different people's stories because like, you know, they're going to be pe- be people who relate to me and there are gonna be people who relate to like your other guest and I, I I don't know. I'm all about like being authentic, especially in like the age of social media. Cause I know we see like I see people's houses and I'm like you have six kids and your house mm. looks perfect and you make dinner every night and like you look perfect and like how do you find time to work out and clean your house and like take care of your kids and you know, yeah, we right. always like compare ourselves and you know that's like something I'm trying to do like with my own personal social media like yesterday i posted like an instagram story of my bedroom and it was literally like all of my clean clothes like on Mm -hmm. the floor yeah it was just like piles and piles of clean clothes and it's like well here's the reality of it right my house is never like picked up like i have two dogs and a baby and like no time and that's okay yeah and so i just think it's really important that like one like real stories are being shared like on your yeah, podcast exactly. too, that like we're like authentic and genuine in our everyday lives and like letting people know that it's okay to be a mess. Like we're yeah. all a mess. We're all yeah. figuring
0: it out. We all are. Exactly. Yeah. And and like you, you said it like, yeah, we're all, we're all figuring it out. Nobody knows what we're doing. And I've yeah. said that so many times where it, it's like so many different times in my life. I used to think back in college days, like I, I was like 23 that was like a a number, this age that I was like when I reach twenty three, everything's gonna be figured out, you know? Like <laughs> I I like looked at people that were twenty three and I was like I said the same they've, thing. they've got like they've got they've graduated, they've got jobs, they've got money, they've got this all this stuff, you know, like blah blah blah. Like twenty three. And then I reached 23 and I was like, what in the hell is happening? You know, like it was honestly, Why don't I have money? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. Still working out of his little children. No. And, uh, like, no, it was just like 23 was this odd mm-hmm. number. You know, I, I thought I'd be married. I thought I'd have, you know, be on my way to having kids. Like I, I had all these like things and thoughts and ideas and whatever. And boy, was I wrong, you know? And what a, I don't know. It was it was like a that was a hard the harder than probably that was a harder age for me to accept than anything because I realized like man I don't know what's going on, and I still thought you know and the minds the mindset was still the same where it was like oh like I'm the oddball odd ball out I was doing great things I I was doing things I loved I was around people that I loved you know and invisible children and whatnot, um but man twenty three wasn't what I thought it was going to be when I was like 20, you know? And then, you know, there's been other age group, like 30, whatever reason. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be married by 30. And I did accomplish that one. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like one of those things where 30 was this big number. And I just realized, man, how many times, you know, think about this. Um, as Hank gets older, you know, he's going to look at, you his mom and look at your your husband his dad and and think that you guys have it all figured out because we oh, yeah. did we we really oh, yeah. did think about it we thought you know we thought our parents had it all figured out and you know like life was fine and w- even if you knew it wasn't like you still thought it was or they had it they had it good or they had it better or whatever it was and that they they knew what was happening knew what was going on and we wake up every day whether you have a job you're like going 100 mile an hour or you're or you're you know slow and whatever it's still this like i have no idea what's happening and Mm -hmm. we we get to make those choices and live in that present moment every single day and it's crazy to think about and i think that that's one of the maturity the mindsets that shifts over time as we get older that when we're in high school and when we're in elementary school junior high college whatever it is you think that eventually you're going like you're going to understand you're going to know and you're going to have things figured out and that's like this dream or this like goal that you're going to achieve and the secret is that that's never going to happen nope <laughs> and it's just continually maybe we process information differently or better or faster because of life experiences, but you're never going to have things figured out. You're, it's a constant, uh, the, the target is constantly changing and that can't be your goal. Um, yeah, you know.
1: I know. I remember like growing up and like, okay, when I'm 16, like I'll be able to drive and like, yeah. you know, 21 and you know, 23, 23 I graduate from college and I'm going to do big things with my life. And like, mm. you know, I graduated from college moved to Nashville, started working for a nonprofit. It was a homeless shelter. So like, I mean, I wasn't making the big bucks. Um, And, you know, and, you know, my time, like moving to Nashville to like when I got married was like, I was, it was crazy. And like, I was so young. And sometimes I look back, I'm like, what were you doing? But they really were like some like really happy moments in my life. Like I had great friends, like we did cool stuff together. Like Mm -hmm. it was a really great time. But I think, you know, especially coming from a small town, like I had friends getting married, like right out of high school Yeah. or like, I remember one girl dropped out of high school to get married. And so like, I, and I mean, I grew up in like the Southern Baptist, like church culture. And so in my head, it was like, if I'm not married before I'm 25, then I'm failing somehow. (laughs) If I'm not married and having kids then I'm failing. And so that was like stuck in my head. I was like, I've got to get married. I've got to get married. I've got to get married. And then I really think that Invisible Children changed that for me, because I saw all these amazing people who are older than me, and I was like, "They're like living their best lives, and yeah. they're not married yet." And I was uh-huh. like, "Okay, like yeah. there's something more to life than like just you know settling down and being like a homemaker and like a wife and a mom and all this stuff." I was like, "There, there are more things I can be doing," and so it kind of like shifted my mind a little bit. And so then by the time I reached 25, I was like, "Okay, like." it's time to slow it down. I was like, I think I'm ready for this. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause like, you know, even though like after invisible children, I like mindset shift where I was like, okay, I'm not going to like focus on marriage so much. I still like deep down. It was like a desire I wanted. Like I'm sure we all do. Um, but then at the same time I was telling people like, I'm never going to get married because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a like, I'm, I'm not a super warm person sometimes. and Like I don't really like to get close to people. Yeah. And so I was like, it would just like be easier for me if I just didn't get married. If I just like, you know, lived alone, like had some girlfriends, like whatever, like I don't really care about getting married, but like deep down I was like, I know I want that. Yeah. So like when I met my husband, you know, we had known each other for a few years. Um, And we, like, reconnected, like, a few months after I turned 25. And, you know, hearing him tell the story now, he was like, I was all in. Like, from the moment I met you, I was all in. He was like, but you just, like, wouldn't have it. And I was like, that's true. Um, So we, like, reconnected shortly after I turned 25. And, you know, a lot of hard work on his end. But, you know, two months later we were dating. And, like, four months later we were engaged. And six months later we were married. Like, happened really fast. But I still, you know... 25 i was like maybe i'll have it figured out by 25 and i was like well maybe when i get married like i'll have it figured out right like, thinking that that would like change something and then i was like okay i'm still like i don't know what i'm doing and i was like well maybe when i become a mom i'll have it figured out because like all moms have it figured out they have the answers to everything <laughs> and I, like become a mom i'm like oh my god like they're letting me leave the hospital with this child yeah <laughs> like that was I've the weirdest I was like yeah. i'm not qualified to do this like, what am i doing uh... um and so like, you know, I've had those moments too where it's like it like when I reach this certain like point or this milestone, I'll have it figured out and like that's like been another one of the things I've learned like the past few months is like, you know, I'm never gonna have it figured out. As soon as I have mm-hmm. it figured out, something is gonna change yeah. and I have to figure it out again. The target and moves. So just, yeah. like figuring out how to like adapt to things and like you know, really grow with like the situations that are happening around me, and mm-hmm. you know, trying not to like squeeze all the like life out of things because I want to control it, like right letting things flow. And so, you know, I'll be thirty in January, and for so long I thought I would like dread that, like turning thirty, because yeah. I always like had the fear of getting older. But I'm, like, so excited for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome then, like, to the I 30s finally... club. <laughs> Thank
2: you. Because yeah.
1: it's, like, even though we'll never have it figured out, I'm, like, I feel like I have such a, like, a handle on how my life is right now. And, mm. like, I really love it. And I, like, am really loving, like, where life is taking me. And so, like, you know, starting a new decade next, like, January 2nd, I'm, like, I'm ready for it. Like, I'm ready to, like, turn over a new leaf and be, like, okay, here we go into my 30s and, like, starting it off on the right foot. So Yeah.
0: Good for you. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, as we kind of talking about the future and kind of like looking into it, what are, I mean, you just kind of mentioned it, but what are, are there any other things you're looking forward to um, most about the future? And,
1: um, You know, I'm like, I don't know, like I'm trying not to set up huge expectations for myself. Like I'm the worst at like, setting up expectations like even something as simple as like last year when Jeff and Hank and I went to a Christmas tree farm to get our Christmas tree like in my head I was like this is how it's gonna go these are the photos we're gonna
0: take Mm. it's
1: gonna be great and you know I I set up these expectations (laughs) and then it doesn't go as planned and And then then I get disappointed and upset yeah
0: I've been saying this for a while that expectations lead to disappointment
1: Yes. So I'm learning to like not set expectations for myself. And yeah. so like some of the biggest things I'm looking forward to in the future are like, um, you know, having a happy and healthy family, like continuing to strive, you know, to keep my family healthy and to like be happy together and to do fun things together yeah. and, you know, like some bigger things like searching for like financial freedom and like more time for my family. Mm. Um, which is why I have like so many side hustles going on. Like right. I'm learning to like, but those two things. Do yeah. Cause those things. two
0: things clash a lot of times, like yeah. more time with your like, family and financial freedom. Yep. I, I, I like it's want like, that as well, but I don't agree, know how but I'm Yeah, am at
1: home and I can't spend time with my family. So that's like one of the big things my husband and I are working on is like, you know, financial freedom, spend more time together, do more fun things together. Um, but yeah, like just kind of looking forward to those things and, um, you know, maybe having another kid Ooh. in the next couple years, which sure. is like also something I never wanted kids either. Yeah. <laughs> and so like when we got pregnant with Hank, I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Um, and you know, after Hank was born, I was like, I'm not doing this ever again. Yeah. And now I'm like, Oh, I need a baby. <laughs> yeah so um i don't know we'll see like i want hank to have a sibling whether that's biological or adoption um we don't know yet uh so yeah you know maybe having another kid like you know just setting up like really tangible yeah expectations they're not like
0: Like, they're not like benchmark things necessarily but they're like they're life events and yeah yeah i i agree my wife and i have been trying to kinda think through some of those different things too. You know, we we signed up for this like um vacation package thing where it's like, hey, we we're investing into this and this will I mean we're both think about money, so it's like we want to make the most of it and we wanna be able to go on vacations and spend time with each other and have these things that we get to like look back and make memories, you know, and not just like we're so th- the classic thing is like we'll just sit at home you know and like you just like yep. let the day go by and you're like dang it and I'm, I'm bad about that just on my regular weekdays and I, I don't know what it is i've i'm still figuring that out but yeah just creating these like life event things where you're like man let's let's create memories together like let's mm-hmm. not waste this time and not that it's a waste but you know what i mean like let's not just like let it yeah. let it pass us by but let's let's make the most of it without exhausting ourselves and, and
1: it feel, i mean it can feel like a waste because like i look back at the past two years and i'm like it's i literally feel like i don't remember anything significant yeah. because i was like you know struggling with my mental health and so yeah. um it was hard for me to get out of the house um especially with an infant and then like you know toddlers are just mm-hmm. they're a little wild sometimes so it's like it was really hard for me to get out of the house, so I would just sit at home all day and like yeah. watch Netflix. And then yep. you know, Jeff would get home, and he's tired, and he wants to spend time with Hank before Hank goes to bed. So there's like, we're not getting out of the house in the yeah. evening. And then also like, you know, struggling a little financially. So it's like, well, yep. we probably shouldn't go out to eat. Let's just right. stay home. And I mean, it literally like I don't have any like real significant moments that have happened the past few years because – we've just stayed at home and we've kind of just like stayed mm-hmm. in our bubble and like been stuck in our heads. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to admit it, but I think we're all guilty of it um, Oh
2: yeah, you know, for sure. on
1: our phones too much yep. too. Like just, yep. you know, sitting there like scrolling through whatever. And sometimes <laughs> I'd look at Jeff and be like, what are you looking at? And he's like, guitars, what are you looking at? And I'm like, I don't know, Instagram. And so just <laughs> I like, don't know. I've,
0: I've switched through about four different things uh, in the last three minutes. Yeah. So. It's yeah.
1: just like, and that's like, I mean, I guess that's another one of our like future goals. We, um, do you remember Katie Hughes or yeah. Katie Randall? Yep. Yeah. So we're still like best friends. Nice. <laughs> she's like one of my best girls. Um, we actually went to see her two weekends ago in South cool. Dakota. And so she's married and has a one-year-old. And, you know, while we were there, I just noticed, I was like, they're not on their phones.
2: Mm.
1: Like when Ellis is awake, they're not on their phones. Like I don't remember seeing Katie on her phone. And so when we got back home, I mentioned it to her. and I was like, hey, like – just so you know, I noticed, and you're doing a really good job that yeah. about not staying on your phone, and it's really encouraged me to make a change. And she was like, I've been trying to be really intentional. I'm really happy that you noticed that. Like, it makes me feel like, you know, it gave me the validation I needed to you know, continue doing what I'm doing because, like, I know it's good for my family. Yeah. So, like, Jeff and I talked about it. I was like, when Hank's awake, like, let's just put our phones away. Like, let's play with him. Like, let's stop, like, making our brains mush and looking at social media or Mm -hmm. online shopping or whatever. And let's, like, spend time with our son. And so it's been really, like, you know, we're a work in progress. But the past two weeks, like, putting our phones away has been really helpful. And, I mean, that's another thing for our future expectations or goals that we have is just to, like, not rely on our phones as much mm. and to, you know, create entertainment and, like, fun with each other instead of just, like, looking at what other people are doing and be like, man, I wish I could travel to Paris. Yeah, like, yeah,
0: know? for sure.
1: So that's another thing that we're really trying to work on.
0: Well, and, and part of what my future, or kind of what I've been looking at with Crazy Face Uno is, like, you know, I, I truly, truly believe that everyone has a story and everybody's story matters and if we're going to be on our phones technology isn't going anywhere right this is going to be a struggle a battle the rest of our lives uh phones and technology and this you know and it's like well i might as well put positive storytelling and and at least allow people to to watch videos you know of people's story and and telling people's story and uh, the same kind of dialogue interaction and Whatever that is, of using that and kind of pushing that is like, hey, we're if you're gonna be on your phone, at least it's something that's like positive, and um, you know, I think that connects people. And in, in a technology way, it, we're really bad about in society nowadays, and I, I don't know that it's gonna get better. Hopefully it does, um, but we're really bad about just connecting with people. You know, I mentioned in the beginning like kind't kind of hate talking on the phone which is kind of funny because we're talking on the phone through podcasts but
1: i don't like talking on the phone either but it like
0: stresses me out it gives me anxiety i like schedule phone calls because i'm like i like work (laughs) myself up for it which is so dumb but anyway it's like it's funny and uh so it's like i don't know just a way to connect with people um around the world and around the country and you know whatever that looks like so it's kind of something where working towards, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we'll and I see. love
1: that. Like, that's something I've tried to do too. Like, I mean, I do photography and then like working with Monate, like I have to have access to my yeah. social media. So like, that's how I market myself. Yeah. Um, and it's been really hard for me because it's like, there's some days where I'm like, I just want to delete everything, but like, Same. but I need, I need those things to like make money. Yeah. Um, so that's like one of the things that I've been trying to like be better about when I post something on Instagram, I'm like, I'm going to post something. I want it to be like helpful for someone else.
2: Yeah.
1: Whether that's just like, you know, here I am. Like I haven't showered in two days and look at my hair. It's a mess. Yeah. You're doing great. Or just like, you know, sharing my thoughts around like motherhood and mental health Mm -hmm. and like, or marriage or friendships, like just really trying to like put positive things out there. So like the people who are like just scrolling on their phones all day, like, at least they can see something that could possibly encourage them. Exactly. Um, but also, like, it's so weird because, like, I've always loved music. Like, I've always been, like, a very musical person and loved listening to music. But the past, like, six months or so, like, I'm like, what kind of music do I like? I don't even remember because all I listen to is podcast. Yeah. And so, like, some of it's, like, fun stuff. Like, I love, like, true crime, like, sure. my favorite murder, like, all that stuff. But I really love listening to people's stories. Yeah. Like, that has become – my thing because it has it makes me feel like heard and seen like when i hear a story that i can yeah. connect with so what you're doing is good work i love it
0: well thank you appreciate yeah. it and i you know you get to be a part of it uh by doing yeah, this podcast me, so uh start to close things out here uh, i got maybe two more questions and then we'll uh, okay. kind of close things out have you ever thought about your legacy
1: oh man um yeah like here recently
0: yeah
1: I was actually listening to my friend's podcast um, the other day and she was saying that um, she was thinking about her legacy she's like what do I want to leave behind like what do I want to leave behind that people like can remember me by and my kids can remember me by and she's doing such an incredible job because like what she's doing like she her influences me in me has become like part of my story so yeah like, her name comes up in my story, so um, after I listened to that, this was probably like two weeks ago. I listened to that and I was like, "What is my legacy? Like, yeah. what do I want my legacy to be?" Um, I don't know yet.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't still, like know that you'll ever out. really know. You know, I think yeah. it's like a, always a work in progress. But yeah. I think it's a really I interesting think, question, just because it, it, yeah, it's like a. I remember when I was in college. It's one of the reasons that I like kind of came up in my head we did uh like what would what do you want on your epitaph you know like on your tombstone like what do you want people like your legacy like what do you want in college like that was like a woof like woof that was a deep thoughtful question i'm like i don't know you know like i have no idea and it's kind of stuck with me you know like i i still think about it but i don't know either like that's the thing like i'm asking a question that i could (laughs) spout out some yeah. some information but I don't know if I really have it nailed down and I don't know if anybody ever really does I just think it's yeah. interesting to like I think, hear what people's um, thoughts are
1: so I actually um last year I had a close friend pass away and then also a friend this year pass away and yeah. the thing that I have like noticed with their passing is that the thing that people talk about isn't like you know I mean, I guess this is, like, part of their legacy, but it's not like they did such and such and such and such. It's like, wow, they were a really incredible person. Like, every time, like, they walked into a room, they made you feel, like, loved and welcomed and seen. And, like, they were really good at, like, you know, they gave really good hugs. They were really funny. Like, it's more about, like, the contents of their character that, like, leaves the biggest mark on people. Um, And so I think that's probably one of the things that, like, I would want people to remember me by is like, you know, I'm so hard on myself. I'm my toughest critic. Like I could say like negative things about myself all day long, but I'm trying to like be more positive about myself. And so like, but you know, I want people to remember me by like being a good friend, like holding space for people and like Hmm. being there. Like, I've had some friends the past few months go through some stuff and they're like, you're the first person I called because I knew yeah. that you would just listen and you would try to give me advice and just like talk to me.
2: Mm, so I'm like, that. okay,
1: like maybe that's like part of my legacy. It's like, I want to be the person that like, you know, I'm here.
2: Yeah.
1: Like I'm always here. Like my friends, like I would do anything for my like close group of friends. Yeah. And so I want, um, you know, I think that's probably what I'd want my legacy to be and people to remember me by just like, who I am as a human and not like maybe things that I've done, but you know, just remember the characteristics that I
0: carry. I love it. One last question and then we'll close mm-hmm. things out. we got just under five minutes here left before cool. we got to stop. Uh, looking back on your life, what advice would you tell little Gabby?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, I'd probably tell her that it's all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's so simple, but, you know, there were some tough moments in my life where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this or, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think just like that constant reminder that it's always going to be okay. Like, yeah, things are going to work out. And I think, yeah, that's probably what I tell myself. Yeah.
0: Good. That's awesome. Uh, Gabby, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they're interested in Monet, Monet, Monet products. Great.
1: Moment. I know. I've heard people pronounce it all kinds of different ways.
0: I wrote um, it down yeah. and <laughs> like tried to make a little cue for myself <laughs> and I still mess it up, so
1: Yeah. So it stands for modern nature. So like Mo oh, Yeah. Got it. But I hear all kinds of different pronunciations. Um yeah, so best Or photography
0: to to... as well, if they're interested in photography.
1: Yeah, yeah. Best way is through my Instagram. Okay. Um my Instagram handle is G B B Y W T S N. So gabby watson with no vowels nice so yeah this is the best way to get in touch with me i'm like
0: like
1: i said i hate to admit it i'm on instagram a lot because that's where i do most of my work but cool yeah
0: cool i will uh make sure we have that in the post and hopefully get some traffic going your way
1: yeah that'd be awesome thank you so much
0: yeah absolutely thanks so much for coming on it was really fun
1: yeah this was fun awesome it wasn't scary
0: at all i know right see i told you (laughs) i told you i i get those like nervous those like anxious nervousness and then you get going and it's just two friends talking so yeah it was a lot of fun awesome all right i'm gonna close this out here cool all right everybody thank you all so much for listening really appreciate it if you enjoyed the show today visit us on facebook and instagram you can like comment on our post if you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends and family or random strangers on the street. Welcome to everyone. Once again, please visit crazyfaceuno.com where you can buy our merchandise and donate. Your contribution helps us tell and share more stories like Gabby's and the stories just like yours. We appreciate you. Thank you again for listening. We love you all. Peace!